Hello, good morning, brothers and sisters, friends, and whoever you are, wherever you are, calling in and listening from all over the world. It's very hot and sunny in the afternoon where I am currently today. I wish I had more air conditioning, but in any case, I'm really looking forward to the time that we will spend today. We're gonna look at a very important passage for us. Who are serious students of the Bible? I think if you have ever been in the wilderness, if you have ever been lost or struggling, or you have been praying to God and you're wondering how to get out of where you presently are, or you're lost and you're wondering how to improve your life, the day that God gives you this passage is the day that you would rejoice, for it means that your time of captivity. An imprisonment is getting to an end. That there is a divine time of visitation where the problems that you were facing before, all problems have an expiry date. And when you receive this passage from the Lord, you should rejoice, because it shows that your problems are coming to an end. So, are you ready? Are you ready to hear this wonderful passage and gain the blessings that you can learn from it? I'm gonna read the words of the passage to you first. It's such beautiful words. I'm reading from Exodus 23, verses 20 to 26, the NASB version. Behold, God says that He is going to send an angel before you to guide you along the way and to bring you into the place which He has prepared. Do you hear what verse 20 says? So, if you were stuck in any kind of mess, if you have been praying for some time, and looking for all ways, and you had some little losses and little victories here and there, that is not good enough now. Did you hear what the sentence says? God says that there is a perfect place that He has prepared for you. It's not a place that you make do, or a situation or a condition that you can live with. No, it's a specially prepared, customized, and unique to yours place that God has prepared for you. So you don't have to settle and you don't have to make do, because if you are the beloved of the Lord, there is a place that He has prepared for you. Is that something that you cannot believe or you cannot accept? Maybe you have gone through so many disappointments in your life. That you think that things cannot be perfect and pristine anymore. I am showing to you the words of the Bible. I want you to believe the word of God, which says that God has prepared a place for you, not for your neighbor or for your friend or for your cousin or for your sister, but for you. Yes, you, God, and you, only you. So now you know the good thoughts that God has towards you. You'll be wondering, how do I get there? How do I get to the good place that God has prepared for me? Look at the instructions that God has given us. The steps. God is sending an angel before us, and the angel will do two things. First of all, the angel will guide us. This shows me that on the way to the promised land, there may be danger, there may be resistance or enemies, and God has expected that. And that is why God situated an angel for our protection and to guard us. Other than protecting us, the angel will also lead the way to show us the way and the steps 
to go before us and to bring us into the place. I draw your attention to this passage and many similar passages in the Bible where there are things that God says He will do, and there are things that God says you must do. So in this partnership with God, God has clearly laid down the things that He would do, and then the responsibilities that we have to do. Let's look at the things that we have to do. Verse twenty-one: Be attentive to the angel and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious towards him, for he will not pardon your rebellion, since God's name is in him. Can you pick out for me what are the things that we have to do? Be attentive, obey his voice, and do not be rebellious. Let's take the first condition. God says, "Be attentive." It means that do not treat God carelessly. Do not assume that you know this, or this is what God says. Which means that you need to be prudent and careful, and consider the details and be meticulous concerning the matters of God and what God says. So, in order to do the first step well, you will need to pay more attention to how you decipher the words of God. And do not assume that you know, or assume that it is God's voice that you are listening to. Do not be so busy or so distracted that you miss the voice of God. So your spiritual ear must be constantly and make an effort to be inclined to the words of God. God is a multifaceted God who speaks to us in all kinds of ways. If you walk closely with Him, you must keep your eyes and ears open. Your spiritual eyes and ears, not just your physical ones, to notice and to take note of what God is talking to you through your circumstances, through people around you, or through the things that He brings to your attention. One of the things that you need to watch out for here is that in order to distract you or to divert you onto the wrong path, the devil may put in other voices. To create many voices around you, so that you lost sight of which is the true voice of God. Therefore, it is of paramount importance that you can correctly differentiate the voice of God and not be distracted by the many different voices around you. How the Christian can recognize the voice of God is through the amount of time that the sheep has spent grazing in the pasture of the shepherd. So, if you have not spent a lot of time Being with God, then it will be very difficult for you to differentiate His voice. Then it will be very difficult for you to claim this Bible promise. Our second responsibility is to ensure that we obey God's voice. So it says obedience. It does not say negotiate or ignore or do halfway or thing is not God. I believe what God is looking for here is prompt obedience. It's committed obedience. It's obedience and trusting God that what God asks us to do is the best way and is the proper way to bring us into the promised land. God delights in prompt obedience. So sometimes we can see the wisdom of God's word, and sometimes we can't. Every believer will have to go through a time whereby God will test how much you trust Him. If we want supernatural produce. Sometimes we have to use supernatural methods. On the third condition, again, God is very strict here. He says that 
do not be rebellious towards the angel, for he will not pardon your rebellion, for God's name is in him. So you can see that God has extremely high standards. So anyone who is lazy or half-hearted or not committed to following God will not be able to make it. In case you think that God is unreasonable or an overly strict God, sees what it says in the next verse. Then you will understand the reason for God's high quality standards. Verse 22 says, But if you truly obey the angel's voice and do all that God says, then God will be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. Hallelujah! This is the great promise of God. I don't know how many of you have enemies and how many of you have people or circumstances that are controlled by wicked forces to hinder you from living victoriously in Christ. How powerful is that? That the Almighty God says that your enemies will be His enemies and your adversaries will be His adversaries. Your sickness will be His adversary. Your financial difficulties will be His adversary. Your unemployment will be His adversary. Your lack of blessing will be His adversary. Your lack of promotion in life will be His adversary. Verse 23 reads, For God's angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hivitites, and the Jebusites and God will completely destroy them. Do I hear hallelujah? So no matter what problems you are facing today, whether it's the problem of lack, these are the many different enemies or problems that God has mentioned. And it says that God will completely destroy all these problems and all these adversary. And God gives us further instructions. Verse 24 says that, we shall not worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their deeds. But we shall utterly overthrow our enemies and break their memorial stones in pieces. You can see here that in order to maintain the supernatural victory that God has gained for us, God has some instructions as how He wants His people to live their lives. God says that we do not live according to the ways of the world. For example, what are the gods of the world? What do people worship in this world? Maybe money, maybe fame and fortune, maybe being powerful, and they worship these things as their gods. But our God is very clear that we do not follow the ways of the world. In order to maintain our supernatural victory, we will not do according to what the world teaches us to do, especially if it's against the precepts of the Bible but we shall overthrow the yoke of their slavery upon our lives and we will break their memorial stones in pieces. For example, this means that if the world worships money, but you being a Christian, you will not worship money or you will not neglect your family or your health or your God by being a workaholic. You will excel in your job, but you will not serve the God of money there's a differentiation between excelling and being a slave. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? As a Christian, there's only one person we need to serve, and that's God. Verse 25 says that, 
and you shall serve the Lord your God, and God will bless your bread and your water, and God will remove sickness from your midst. There will be no one miscarrying or unable to have children in your land, and God will fulfill the number of your days. So you can see that when we serve God and follow the Bible precepts, all these things that God knows we need, He will add on to us. He will give us wealth without worry. He will give us good health to enjoy our wealth and abundance. No one miscarrying means that all our projects, whether is it our work projects or we are building a house or we are trying to finish a undergraduate program, all of it will be completed successfully, and our projects will not be abandoned halfway. And unable to have children means barrenness, not only physical children, but barrenness opposed to fruitfulness. So what God is saying that we will have fruitfulness in all areas of our lives, not only our career, but also our finances, also our family, also our children, also our health, also our marriages. Do you like this passage? If you do. I can recommend some after activity that you can do. You can go to Exodus twenty-three verses twenty to twenty-six, and read through the Bible verses that we went through. Bookmark them and read through them slowly over the next few days. Let the words linger in your mind and slowly reflect upon them to see how to apply it to yourself and your circumstances. To make sure that you do not miss any part of the manifestation of this promise, you may wish to get a piece of paper, and then you can segregate down the different columns. In the three columns, you could write down what God says He would do in bullet points, what the Bible says you would have to do, and then lastly, what are the promises that God says will be your reward. When both of you have fulfilled the conditions, both you and God, I hope that you have enjoyed this Bible study and you have learned something. Take that one thing that you have learned along with you and try to apply it in your life over the next few days. Thank you for spending the time with us today, and I have enjoyed talking to you. Take care and stay closely connected to the Lord. Let him give you the strength to go through your days. Until we meet again the next time. Bye bye.